What's good, everyone? It's your Kings Kazoo and Cole. And welcome to Tea Time Podcast. Still got it. <laughs> still, it. still, still got it. A bit of technical, <laughs> a bit of technical difficulties just before then, but we got yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to tell the people what you did anyway. Um, basically, we just did the whole intro and Kazoo forgot to record it. So. Yeah. Okay, but, but I mean, but, it was still smooth. It was still smooth. But but, but at least we re- we figured it out now. Well, yeah, because I mean, if we were like half an hour in and you forgot to record it, I would actually have to go to your house and have a stern chat with you. Because I would just play <laughs> along and act like it had recorded that whole entire time, and you would have tried to call my phone, and I would have not picked up. I would have just been somewhere else. Just yeah, no. <laughs> but I would have edited it. I, it you know, <laughs> but how would you have edited it if I didn't hit record? I would have just disappeared. Wow. I would have been doing a podcast on my own from then on, honestly. I mean... <laughs> it would have been in, written out of the contract. In, in all fairness, I have disappeared that one time. And we are not going to disclose to the public why <laughs> I didn't resurface. Let's just say I was fighting for my life. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so uh, um, we have some guests by the way, this week. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Very. Would the guests like to introduce themselves? Go for it, ladies. Ladies first. Oh, 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 oh. Nah, great. <laughs> um, hi, my name is Maya. I am 24 years old. I am a trans woman and I use she, her pronouns. Uh, my name is Charles Xavier. I'm 29. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. I identify as a Black man of trans experience. Nice. Oh, we had to do our sexual orientation. Oh, I am bisexual. But I am, for all intents and purposes, heterosexual, but I feel like there's wiggle room around that because queer. Yes, both of those yeah. come with a lot of caveats. Lots of caveats. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay I mean, right. it's not a lot of caveats it's pretty it's one i mean i'm attracted to black women and black femmes. okay okay i'm attracted okay. to masculine people i don't really care how you identify there you go and i i do care how you identify <laughs> <laughs> to put it simply yeah <laughs> okay 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 cool i like that and do you know your big threes? This is like a big thing with the listeners. Yes. What? Are, yes. I am a cancer sun and a cancer moon. Hey. Yes, cancers. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so happy. We have not had a cancer on the show. We have not had a cancer on the show. I'm so happy. I'm not alone. Oh, there are people like me out there. My rising is a Libra. Yes, come the real Libra placement. Um, I'm a Taurus Sun, Scorpio Moon, Virgo Rising. Okay, nice. Okay, nice. I'm gonna know what I'm cool. Okay. So we have Leo a good Venus. mix. I don't know if that's important. Leo Venus. I'm yeah. a, a Taurus Venus. Oh, I'm a Gemini Venus. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't know what most of this means. <laughs> uh <laughs> Like Venus is like um how you are in like relationships. Well, you know, I know that part. I mean, yeah. I know what my signs mean as it pertains to me. But when other people are like, "Oh yeah, my Venus is a so so," I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I know about the I know about the Venus and Taurus. So that one. Yeah, I mean that that's all that matters really. As long as you yeah. know what you're you are, it's all right. Yeah. 
I just about know my big three, so I don't know what you lot are talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do look very confused right now. Yeah, yeah just, yeah, that's why I just sit in my drink and just minding my business, because I, I don't know. Drink my water, my magic. I like that song. Um, but no, what, what's yours? Kazil, your big three. Um, I always mix these up, so I'm gonna look. That's okay. okay. I only know because people keep asking because I used to mix them up too. But people have asked so many times now that I'm like, I know that. Yeah. Well, I am a um Libra Sun, Aquarius Moon, and a Cancer Rising. Okay. Ooh. And I am a Cancer Sun, Pisces Moon, Leo Rising. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, that means nothing to me. I'm yeah. not. Yeah. We're building, but like it's no good, one's really like somebody. Somebody's listening. Like oh. Yeah, for real, because people actually want to know about this stuff. Like, um, so yeah, just find it interesting. Yeah. There is something that I kind of forgot to put in this mix that I'm gonna ask now, just before I forget. Who are you two to each other? It's my baby daddy. <laughs> <laughs> the baby but yeah, um, this is my girlfriend, my partner. My best friend, homie, all the good stuff. All the good stuff. Love that. Love that. I like that. And how long have you been together? In a year and a couple months. Okay. It's been a little longer. It's coming up on like a year and a half, closer to. Yeah. Very nice. Very, very nice. So um, a long time, man. Hmm. That's. It's quite, it's quite a while. Oh, so it was kind of like, yeah. We've known each other, yeah, close to three years, and we've been dating for a year and a half of those. So did you kind of like decide to build a friendship first and then realize that you were into each other, or was it like, what was that like? It was less intentional than that. I feel like the decision not to date was more about the fact that I lived in California and he lived out here. And that she's five years younger than me. And at the time, I was not comfortable with the way that that age gap sat. Mm. Um, I had to do a lot of convincing. Listen, I've I've never been, I've never dated women younger than me. I've always dated people my age or older. Um, and that's always been because Men and masculine people just by proxy of socialization are predatory. And oftentimes when guys date younger women, it's because they're younger. And I've just never felt like I, I could date women my age. So I've never felt like I needed to date somebody younger than me. Um, so I was not open necessarily to dating her when I met her because she was 22. And I was just like, yes. Okay. Yes, you were. <laughs> <clears throat> that's a really right. interesting thing that you say that um because as you both said your ages i realized that's the age gap between me and my girlfriend and i forget how old she is um well i'm not going to forget how old she is today because it's her birthday but okay <laughs> <laughs> thank you um 
but yeah so like I forget how old she is and we went out to like meet like a different set of my friends my friends that I'm not around every day but I have like good relationships with Mm -hmm. and we then went to a party after and somebody asked her again like how old are you and it didn't I heard it and I was like oh shit I really do be forgetting like it's like random conversations we'll have where I'll make a comment like, oh, yeah, I was in high school. It's like, mm, I was in elementary school. And I'm just like. Yeah. Well, now I tease <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's, I've certainly um, had to do a lot of work around being more comfortable with the age gap because even when we first started like being around each other in like person, I still was just like, oh my God, this is so weird. This is so weird. <laughs> No, I get that because in the beginning of me like going on dates with my girl, it's kind of like she's young. And you know, in the beginning of when you start like dating someone, going like actively going on dates and getting to know them and trying to see if it's going to be a thing, people ask you, oh, like, so tell me about her. Where's she from? How old is she? What does she do? So I've like at the time continuously had to be like, she's 22 and da da da. And I'm like, She's 22. <laughs> How old are you? Uh, uh, well, I'm 27. Because you said my bad. I got it. 28. 28. Because she turned yeah, 23 right. today. Yeah. Got it. I had to think about that. Oh, I was yeah. like, Damn, how old am I? <laughs> no, I feel that. I feel that. Um, but no, I think that us being around each other in person helped a lot because I was able to see that, like, while she is younger than me, she is as emotionally mature as I am. And I feel like a big part of it for me is that, and putting it into perspective of like, I've dated people my age who are not emotionally mature, able to communicate, or any of the things that she brings to the table just without trying for it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had to recognize that while rules are rules for a reason, there are usually exceptions to those rules for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, how did you two meet? <laughs> we met on the internet because that's what happens in 2020, whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you wanna? Um, if I remember correctly, and please fill in anything that I missed, I had followed him on Twitter. And I just went about my day. He was a cute guy on Twitter. I followed, I had followed a lot of cute guys on Twitter. Um, And then a couple hours later, I see a notification that he had followed me on Instagram. I was doing my Intel work. (laughs) And um, I had kind of known about him previously. I had like a internet crush on him. So I messaged him and I was like, you can't just follow me and not say nothing. Like I have a crush on you. You have to say something to me. <laughs> then we can't just leave this open. We gotta, we gotta talk. And that's when he initially was like, yeah, I was planning on talking to you. And then I saw how old you were. So I was just gonna follow you and leave it at that. And I was like, ah, nope, I already got you. <laughs> You're not going nowhere. Sorry. Just take it as one way. <laughs> um, yeah, that's accurate. I- she, when she followed me on Twitter, I was like, wait a minute. She's cute as shit. And 
I think the thing for me that was interesting is being on social media for as long as I've been on social media, I assumed that I knew all the attractive trans people on the internet already because for the most part, I did. Um, just by proxy, like, you know, community and literally being on the internet for 10 fucking years. I've been on the internet for so long that most of us have watched each other transition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had never seen her before. So that's what initially sparked my interest. And then I realized that she had like, maybe like four or 500 followers. Like it was, it was very much so a low key ass, I'm in my own little corner of the universe ass thing. And I think she like had like way more people she was following than followers. And I was just like, huh. So then I was like, well, she's cute, but she didn't have as many pictures. I'm like, let me my ass over to Instagram, do my intel work. And then I got on Instagram and I'm like, damn, she's really pretty. And then I got to this video of her celebrating her 22nd birthday. And I looked and it was a couple, like um, maybe a couple weeks prior. I was like, so I wasn't going to say shit. And then she spoke to me and I told her like, I'm not that age. I'm 27. I don't know. This is weird. I'm not trying to do the dating talking thing or whatever. Um, But she is extremely witty and I'm a sucker for like banter. I like going back and forth with people. And usually people can't go like, you know, unless you know a person, they can't really go with you. And she just kept saying shit. She kept saying things that were like, I was on my end, I was like, like smirking a lot. Like, all right, all right. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm not necessarily like comfortable with the age gap in a way that's like, let me actively pursue her. But I was interested in her. And like getting to know her as a person. So I feel like from that angle, it was understood like we were attracted to each other. Um, but I also feel like, you know, we I had boundaries and she was respectful of the fact that I was uncomfortable. So she was playing the long game. Honestly, <laughs> there was some point where I was like, past being attracted to you, I was like, I enjoy having you in my life. So if this is what it is, then this is what it is. You know, especially in the space we were at when I lived in California. Yeah, true. Because I, when we met, I had just gotten out of a five-year relationship. Yeah. Um. So I wasn't in like the best space, anyways, to be trying to date somebody, and I had already decided on my end that I wasn't going to date for a while after that relationship ended. I just wanted to try to figure out what I needed to do for me. Um. So I think, I think it just kind of like aligned where we just kind of like fell into a space of being friends. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was cool. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's quite nice. I think, I think a lot of people meet over the internet these days anyway. So it's kind of like yeah. a normal way to meet. Um, but when it works out, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I think the thing about meeting people at a distance is that you can't substitute the like, physical time spent with like conversation because yeah. like I don't like to sit on the phone and not talk I would rather be doing something else so yeah. if we're gonna sit on the phone we have to talk and I like to FaceTime and we would FaceTime we just be talking about all kinds of shit for hours yeah. um and she's also incredibly like intelligent so talking to somebody who's really smart who has like different perspectives than you I would just be like huh okay 
Mm. Well, this was a good conversation. I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's lots. That's lots to hear. And I love that. It's it's nice when <clears throat> it's nice when you go into a situation where you're thinking, mm, kind of like hesitant for one reason or the other. For you, it was like the whole age thing. But then mm. when you allow yourself to be open to it like the outcome surprises you in like a really pleasant way and you're like wow oh, okay cool Absolutely. Like, damn i could have i could have missed out on all of this right i literally had i just been like nah fuck that i'm really not dating your young ass i would have missed out <laughs> that would have been my bad so i'm glad i ain't you know miss out on a bag so to speak <laughs> I love that so when obviously you did get into a relationship and stuff like that like how are your family um about you being in a relationship like were they cool were they like a bit mm? I can go first um so I've had a few relationships at this point in my life I've been dating for a while um and after that last one, I think my family was more so just protective. They were weary because that relationship was very tumultuous for the entire five years that it happened. And it was just exhausting. You know, it's it was my ride, but they were on the ride with me. So it was a lot. And I think for my friends, it was, we know how out of your way you go when you're in a relationship. And we don't want you to fall back into taking care of somebody else or doing all this shit for somebody who doesn't appreciate it the way that you need them to. Um, so I think for me, it was, everybody was happy for me, obviously, but they felt like we were moving more quickly than they were comfortable with. Okay. And I've never really been anybody who, Consid like I don't care what other people think about what decisions I've made because I make the decisions I make for myself. I was, and I was trying to clean it up, but that's literally, I don't be giving a fuck about what other people be talking about, <laughs> especially in reference to me. So it's kind of like, I, I hear y'all, but I'm going to do what I want and you can support that or not, but it's not going to have any bearings on the decision that I make. I'm still going to do what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then conversely, my family didn't really feel any type of way about us dating because I haven't really spoken to my family in a while. Yeah. Um, I did just recently tell my mom that we were dating, which was wild. She just kind of was like, all right, we'll be safe. But that is very different <laughs> than the, the relationship we had a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. So yeah, at the time, I didn't really have any opinions on who I was dating. Okay. That's actually a lot. I was about to say. My Auntie Linda definitely. I was just about to say. Yeah, I have you on the phone. I like, get 45 minutes. Was grilling him. Yep. Sure did. All the questions. Um, you know, being trans, we all know that, like, sometimes that comes with uh, a shift in what it means for what your family looks like. Um, and I've always been, like, the black sheep, so I don't speak to no people I'm blood related to, but, like, my mom and my sister, my sister's kid. Um, so for me, the people that really were invested are like my family, my friends who are like my, so like my best friend who I've been friends with since I was 12, she had a very strong opinion about us moving in together as soon as we did. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she and I have been friends, uh, like I said, for more than half of my life now. So yeah. it was a very like stark reaction. She was really ir- like irritated with me about it. Um, but when we talked about it again, I realized it's like she's just being protective and she has seen me really kind of fall apart over somebody. So, you know, the people that care about you don't want to see you go through or put yourself through those kinds of things again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for Maya was like her aunt, her cousins, they were all like, who are you, Mr. Mr. Lightskin, sir? You pretty, but right, you pretty, but where did you come from? <laughs> okay, I have that. Because, yeah. yeah, you know how, <clears throat> especially when family and friends have seen you come from like um, a bad situation prior to, then they will be very like, what's going on? Is everything okay? Is this, 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 this? Because Right. Surprisingly, exactly. my mom was like that. My mom's not really like in my love life like that. But she was like that um, with somebody that I was, I don't know, we were speaking. I don't know what we were doing. We were doing something. Um, One of those situationships. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. It was something. And my mom had several concerns. And then after <laughs> the fact, several concerns started to make sense. But at the time, I didn't want to see it. Yeah. And then when I've then gotten in this new relationship, my mom's just kind of like, hmm, like, you've been on four dates in four weeks. Like, what's happening? And then when we, like, got in together, because we, we got into a relationship quick. Uh, so it's like what eight weeks of literally a date, a minimum of a date every single week for eight weeks. Um, yeah, so it was it was a date a week, so eight eight dates, and then boom, like we're in a relationship, and then everything felt like it was moving at the speed of light for my mom, and she was like, "What's happening? Like, are you not getting married?" I was like, "Girl, what?" <laughs> 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 I was so confused. She because she had never experienced that with me beforehand, so she was really like, ah, like what's happening? Like cautious and shit. And my friends were the same. They were like, you know, tell us more. Like, what's going on? Like, we don't want to be like too invested all up in your business, but like, you know, be careful. And I'm like, don't worry, it's it's fine. I got it. Yeah. I, I've, I've got this. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt too. Like I, got, I, I, I hear and appreciate y'all's concern, and I appreciate the fact that you care enough to be concerned. But I'm not looking to redo what I did either. I don't want to be back in that situation or feel the way that I did when I felt that way. I, I promise you, we all on the same side here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so kind of just moving on from the relationship stuff, just to. Um, kind of know a little bit more about yourselves individually um, because I know the listeners are going to want to know and I mean I want to know too shit um, how long have you been transitioning I started socially transitioning um, like seven eight years ago um, and what the, what I mean by that is I started going by Charles or Charlie which is my chosen name um and at the time I was using neutral pronouns because I couldn't get people to use masculine pronouns and I just wasn't sober enough really to be arguing with people about it so I was like fuck it um I started my hormones 
five years ago after I quit drinking. And um, yeah, so it's been five years for my medical transition and seven years for my social. Nice. I have been transitioning for three years. I want to say it's three years. It'll be four years in October. Because it was just three years. Yeah, so I've been transitioning for three years. Um, And that's kind of like a loose. I started and stopped transitioning, at least medically, um, just because I was having some trouble with my endocrinologist and doctor. Yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. Um, So socially, I have been transitioning for a solid three years and then medically it's like. Okay. Um. Sorry, are you gonna? No, no, no I wasn't gonna say anything. Go on, go on, go on. Oh, right, okay. Um. <laughs> how did so obviously when you came out? Obviously, I know you've been dif- transitioning socially for a different amount of time. But how did how did your family take it when you came out to them? If you came out to them, that is. Okay. Um. I came out in steps, like a lot of us do. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that I came out as, wait, let me paint a picture. Okay. So I was sitting on the couch. It was a Tuesday night after church and I was watching Star. I don't know if you guys know about the, yes. the TV. Yeah. Star, yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. one with the beautiful Amaya Scott. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has one other queer character. Um, they're like trans feminine. They're in the salon that Star's mother owns. Um, and they were just on the camera doing normal shit, flirting with people, regular everyday shit. And my mom walks in and starts going on this tangent about how, I don't know why they should, they got to be so open with it, yada, yada, blah, 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 that tangent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was getting overwhelmed. So I was like, hey, real quick, before you say something that hurts both of our feelings, can I just tell you something? Um, and I told her I was bi. And that was a whole thing. It was a whole mm. thing. I got kicked out of the house. I lived with my aunt for a while, yada, yada. Um, a year after that, I started transitioning just in secret. Me and a couple of friends knew. And I felt like she should knew. She should know. So I texted her a long text message just saying like, hey, I wanted to let you in on something just because I want you to be a part of my life. But I want you to have a fair opportunity to be, to be a part of my life. Mm. And that didn't go that well either. Everybody else in my life has been very accepting and open and loving and respectful of the fact that I've transitioned. But she would be the person who I consider like my family, the person that raised me and the person who's seen me through all my shit. So she didn't take it that well, which is fine. People do and people don't. And she's definitely coming around. Um, But initially it was it was a shit show. Hmm. Um, I think for me, for my family, my transition was juxtaposed against my alcoholism and mania and like all of the other shitty things that were happening in my life before I started my hormones. So at least with like my mom specifically, it's always been, I don't give a fuck what had to happen for you to stop trying to kill yourself as long as you stop trying to kill yourself yeah um i have always had 
more difficult relationships with my dad and the other people in my life or in my family. Um, when I told my little sister, she was like, I'm gonna be real with you, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. It's not my business. I don't care. I love I love you and do what you gotta do. Um, and that's very true to who my sister is as a person. She is just somebody who is very committed to minding their business and worrying mm-hmm. about themselves. And like a lot of times when people have such strong opinions about shit that don't have nothing to do with them, she's just like, I don't understand why you care so much. Like, I don't yeah. get why people are so invested in you. Okay, you're a man, cool. If you you said you're a man, you're a man. I don't get where it needs to be a further discussion. Mm. Um, so for her, when I told her, like, you know, I feel this way, she's like, all right, cool. Bit. Um, it definitely got easier for my family once I started my hormones. And, you know, once you start making those physical trends, those physical changes, you start hitting those markers, it's kind of like they see the vision that you always saw. Mm. So um it wasn't it wasn't difficult for me with the people that matter. Um yeah. I had a relationship with my father's parents. Honestly, because he felt that my grandmother and they just used to try to like do better for me than he did. Um, the last conversation I had with my grandmother was maybe three years ago and she called me disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was unfortunate, but I uh, have always been somebody who has really strong boundaries around myself, especially since I got sober. So it's like, you don't get to try to make me feel like shit about me when I have been a shitty person before and I'm not yeah. anymore. So I don't give a fuck if I got a beard or not. Like, mm. I was shit. And now I'm not. And if you can't be happy for the fact that I'm in a better space, then that's okay. But I can't have you in my life. Um, then in the rest of, like, my aunts and cousins and shit, I never talked to them anyway. So if mm. it wasn't, like, a big deal with that, I, I think for me, my only worry was that it would be hard for my sister because my sister has kids. But because she took it honestly easier than everybody. The kids have not had a hard time. Um, at the time I just had, she just had my youngest niece. But when I started my hormones, I was TT. I'm still TT, but it, obviously the context is different now. Yeah. Um, and at seven, she does understand to some extent, like you used to be a girl and now you're a boy. She gets that. And she's like, cool, got it. <laughs> it just it, it, she gets it um mm-hmm. so yeah I think in that regard I've been very fortunate as far as like my friends and shit it made more sense to them for me to be a boy than it ever made sense for me to be a girl so mm-hmm. when I started telling my friends they were like oh yeah you know what yes yup I see it yeah because yeah. you were not doing this girl shit well at all bro that shit was terrible <laughs> like you was a trash girl that shit sucked not coming together very awkward so <laughs> especially like my homeboys I still have the same guy friends I had from college and mm. Mike can tell you, like, those are, like, my brothers. Good, bad, ugly, the way that we talk to each other. Like, those are my brothers. So yeah. it was a lot of, like, uh, ugly jokes. It was a lot of, damn, it, you you lucky you ain't never had no titties. No way. Like, lots of, <laughs> lots of that. Um, but for <laughs> me, it it was fine. Because we had always, you know what I'm saying? You all, with, your, with my homeboys, we always make sh- talk shit. Them mm. doing that. To me, felt that was them accepting me. That was them saying, like, yeah, we're gonna shift and pivot, and you already was our bro, and now you about to have a beard. And why the fuck is your beard better than mine? Like, mm-hmm. so for me, I think it was uh it was a it was a good, it was a good shift. Everybody for the most part was just like, cool, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. 
So in terms of your journey, how has that been so far? It's definitely been a, a roller coaster. Mm. Um, it's been a little difficult. I have struggled with surgeons and medical professionals, um, just feeling like I'm the only one in the room without a degree, but I know the most. It, it doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same over here. It's the same over here. Yeah, so in that regard, it's definitely been a struggle. But as far as like my personhood, I've never felt better. Like it, mm. it's definitely something to wake up and look in the mirror and see yourself as you are instead of like as somebody you're trying to be. Yeah. So that's, that is one bright spot for sure. Uh, I think we have this conversation all the time. I feel like it's easier for the boys. So two, three months in, I started getting a beard. My shit was lit. Like, <laughs> I was good just because I've always said it's so difficult to focus on trying to work on your depression when you mm. are distracted by your gender. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And I feel like once I started my hormones, I stopped being distracted by my gender because I was living in a way that affirmed my gender. I, when I stopped getting misgendered, when things started to like come together and it was looking cohesive, like even though my, my beard was patchy, I had a fucking beard. That's all I wanted. Mm. My voice got deep. I wasn't short. Like it was little things like that for me. Um, it was very satisfying. And again, like I quit drinking December 8th, 2016. I started my hormones January 11th, 2017. So at the mm -hmm. same time as I am falling in love with my manhood, I'm falling in love with myself because I'm, yeah. I'm sober for the first time. Um, and since then, I, the harder parts for me have been learning how to navigate the world being perceived as a black cis man mm -hmm. and understanding the ways that being on hormones or being on this side of the fence kind of erases the fact that i've quote unquote you know like technically speaking i've only been a man quote unquote for five years and i'm almost yeah. 30 but when people see me they don't see the fact that I had a whole identity and a life that I navigated, albeit poorly, I still had to navigate that life. And I tell people all the time, like, just because I never was a black woman doesn't mean I forgot what it felt like to be treated like. To be, yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, and a lot of the hard part of transitioning for me has been that that feeling of like, the erasure of Chelsea. And while I am no longer that person, I was that person. And I did mm -hmm. live that life and I did have those experiences and those experiences lend to the person I am today. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't think that a butterfly forgets that it used to be a caterpillar. It just isn't that thing anymore. Um, so that part has been something, and it's still something that I like, I think a lot about, and Maya and I talk a lot about just being a part of a community or being a part of a space and like feeling invisible in that space. I felt much more comfortable in queer spaces when I was perceived as a masculine woman than I do now as a man. Mm. 
Sorry, I just had to write that butterfly and caterpillar quote because I'm like, damn, that hit me. <laughs> that hit me. I was like, take what you need, leave what you know. Or take what you need and leave what you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I do or used to do like a lot of motivational speaking stuff. And I'm trying to get back into that. Um, but that was a part of it. It's just realizing like most of the shit we carry, we taught. Somebody handed you that shit and taught you how to carry it. You ain't pick it up because you wanted to. Mm. So the process of learning to put all this shit down and then pick back up the stuff you want to keep, it's not easy. But, you know, you got to do it. So I think that I've been very fortunate to be in a relationship with somebody who ha- who adds a lot of perspective to the experience for me. I love that. Well... As a cancer, I'm getting emotional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay, so um just sort of pivoting back into like relationship stuff. Um <clears throat> in your experience, what has differed from being in well, I don't know if you've been in previous T4T relationships, but what would you say your experience has been now like um, that differs from previous if you haven't already had a T4T relationship? So I think the fun thing about us is that we are each other's first trans partners. Okay. Um, I'm also her first boyfriend for real. So there's that. Okay. Last two, so I ain't she ain't gonna wear first last. She got lucky on the first draw. <laughs> um, he is my first boyfriend. Uh, you're not the first person I've dated though. So in that regard, it is. I feel like in a lot of spaces, I am just overly aware of my transness, and it was weird the first couple months in dating him, just realizing that I wasn't overly aware of the fact that I was a trans woman in in the space with him I was just his girlfriend which is something that I feel like differs whenever I've dated a cis guy I'm always acutely aware of like how he's moving is he uncomfortable like do I am I clocky right now am I am I about to get us both beat up like but it's in spaces with him I never feel well that's not even true it's not like I never feel like a trans woman it's that I don't ever feel others because I'm a trans woman it's just very normal <laughs> is mm. the best way to put it we just a little trans bubble yeah <laughs> I agree with that um I think that for me I don't know I think like I've always struggled with intimacy and I've always struggled with like being comfortable in my skin with another person and like even little shit like I never used to sleep naked by myself with a person I just did it and now she got my ass sleeping naked and like I know she noticed when it started because at first I would I couldn't fall asleep like that I had to put something on like I was I can't I can't I'm not comfortable um so I think for me it's been being comfortable and 
having another level of like a, a just a, a like a upgraded level of comfort in my body and in my skin and in existing mm. like I don't feel like I'm like I don't know it's like I don't feel like she's looking at me and expecting me to look any way other than the way that I look naked so I don't worry about like are you going to be looking over and I don't know miss a bulge or like little shit that like or even are you going to interact with my vagina in a way that is not affirming to my gender like I don't really worry mm, about the way yeah. that she interacts with my body because I know that we both as trans people understand that your gender and your genitalia have nothing to do with each other. So like just by proxy of us both being on the same page of that with ourselves, I know we're on the same page of that with each other. Um, but I also think back to like her intellect, that be the part for me that's the most comfortable. Hmm. Is like, we have really, really in-depth conversations about our of gender and religion and the concept of understanding and she says little things that like just add to my own understanding of gender my own like oh I'm a, like yeah you just like oh let me write this down like she says things and I'll put a pin in it because I'm like the next time I have a conversation like this with another person that's a great point yeah that's a great fucking point mm -hmm. and I realized that it is because of her experiences as a person and as a trans woman that she has the perspectives that she does mm -hmm. um and there is a lot of privilege in being a guy. It just is what it is. So being in a relationship with somebody who does not have any privilege, or I won't say that because we also understand that being perceived as cis is a privilege. But as far as like systems and marginalization, you have the least amount of privilege in most scenarios. And that's the perspective that you bring to me who has a lot of privilege, depending on what the scenario is. Yeah, I'm black, but I'm a man and I'm light-skinned and I have green eyes and I'm attractive and I'm able-bodied and they're like, they're, I'm skinny. There are so many things on the list of things that I can be considered a privilege. And I know that, but having, being privileged and knowing that you're privileged isn't enough. You have to actively be working against those systems and being in a relationship with somebody who is very aware of the way they exist in those systems forces you to be aware of the way that you exist in reference to them in those systems. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Okay. okay. So like, I have always considered myself, you know, mindful and like, I do my best to be an ally, but you're even more mindful and more impacted when you live with somebody who you're literally watching have to navigate the world differently than you're able to. Mm. So if it's not, our gender is our age, it's experience, it's, it's something. And being aware of, as she puts it, like power dynamics. We've had this conversation where it's like, there is a, what, what you said? <laughs> I said that all relationships that have big age gaps have an inherent power dynamic and it's more important to acknowledge it and find ways to work through it than it is to pretend like they don't exist in certain circumstances. And I feel like that applies to not just age gaps, but any disparity of privilege in a relationship where there is yeah. an understanding that one of us 
in some ways has it easier than the other one. She's a girl. So because she's a girl, in certain scenarios, she is getting it easier than I am. I'm a boy. And you know what I'm saying? Being a girl and getting pretty privileged and the fact that she don't have to, <laughs> we, we, this, we sit where the fuck we want with always a parking spot available. It's just random stuff that I don't get access yeah. to because I'm not a woman. But the flip side of it is, is there's way more shit she doesn't get access to because I'm a man. Yeah. Or because she's not a man, rather. And I have to be aware of that. And it's even, you know what I'm saying, like more impactful when the person that you're in a relationship with is also championing for you to be the best version of yourself. And it's like, okay, I know you want to be in alliance with people that identify in this space. And this is how you do that. Mm. And these are ways that you are taking up space. And these are ways that you could be doing a better job. Like having somebody that's able to hold you accountable within the like marginalized community that only y'all exist in. Like if she was my sis partner, she probably would not understand the lack of equity the way that we do in our relationship yeah okay so i mean i mean it sounds like you've got a good balance in the relationship anyway but um we're gonna talk about something a little bit a little bit different a little bit uh this is a question that kaz has obviously written down um a little bit saucy a little bit kinky might get a bit hot under the covers Okay. Um, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm going to ask this question because you don't know you nothing about this. <laughs> you can ask the question. So my last question for y'all, because we have this stupid limited time shit again. OnlyFans. Let's talk about OnlyFans. Um you had or still have an OnlyFans? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, let's let's get into it. Like, how did this come about? Okay. Like, how did how did it come about? How did you be like, oh yeah, let's let's do this and let's just like post our shit out? Like, I wanna know. It's been a minute. Um, I don't know if you remember, but I subscribed. I do remember. <laughs> I'm fucking dead. I, I am fucking dead. <laughs> I did because. You can't post a clip on Twitter that looks like it's about to get into something serious. I was like, nope, I need to see the rest. I want to see the whole thing. I feel you. That's how they got my ass on OnlyFans too. I don't even know. I just know he followed me on there for a minute. Um, I think for me, I've always been super sex positive. Um, I, I recognize that sex work is real work. I feel like people should be able to maximize on the fact that people want to watch them have sex. If you want to watch somebody naked, you should have to pay them for that. If I go to the strip club, I go with a wad of money for a reason. This, mm-hmm. to me, is no different. Um, and I've always felt that way. I grew up in Atlanta. I've always been pro strip club. I've always been pro exotic dancer. I've been pro run his pockets. I feel like women have it hard enough in the world that if they can get some money for being pretty and or sexy and or having good butt, then they should get all of the money. We should be paying them all of the money for all of the things. (laughs) Um, I've never directly paid for sex as a transaction, but I have paid for other shit and prayed it was going to get me some buns. So I think that's the same thing. (laughs) It just, it removes the middleman. And did I think, did I expect sex because I'm not guess? Absolutely not. I prayed 
that the gods would smile on me and somebody would be willing to share a morsel with me because of, you know, they felt kind about the way that I was being kind, maybe. Um, so yeah, that was the first thing. And niggas need to complain about the pandemic. The pandemic. And I popped this pussy through some pandemic. Pounds. Coin pounds. Thank you. I'll try and get it. I love you. Pandemic pounds. For some pandemic pounds. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was what started it for me. It was like, fuck it. People be sending me all these explicit ass messages and saying all this wild shit to me anyways. Pay me. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. Pay me. Is that pretty similar for you, baby? Um, <clears throat> yeah. I feel like the last part was definitely it. You are flirting with me and sending me explicit messages. You should have to pay me to do that. Was basically the, the gist of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that was my thing. Um, but then I realized that like for the same way, certain for the same same reason that I did not become like a YouTube content creator when I could have, or a Tumblr content creator when I could have, or been an Instagram influencer when I could. I didn't want to do none of that shit. I was only fans included. I, I've never wanted the internet to be my job. I just wanted to be mm. on there bullshitting. And when you, you know, when you say it's a job, sex work is work. You have to be able to film shit, you know, regularly and build requests and be willing to have conversations with people you're not attracted to and for me that was the biggest part was like on the internet being a man with a vagina you get fetishized and people assume that you bottom and I don't just because you have a vagina doesn't mean you want things inside of it so oftentimes when people are interacting with a profile and you are like, or they're focused on your genitalia, they're focused on you interacting with your genitalia the way that they want you to. And oftentimes that doesn't align with the way that I actually am comfortable with or enjoy interacting with my body. So then it's like, now I'm doing this shit and I'm having to fake like I'm enjoying it and this is not fun and I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. That about makes sense. It does. <clears throat> and lastly, is there anything you would like to plug? Anything that you were doing that you would like the listeners to hear, watch? Um, do you want to plug your socials? Um, yeah, what would you like to do? Because I mean, when we do the graphic, we'll put like your at so people know who you are, but that's kind of it. Unless you tell us a little bit more. Of just, um, or is it just like your socials? Well, my girlfriend is, is she, she likes to stay under the radar, but she is in the house of Miyaki Mugler. So if you are at all familiar with ball culture or in any ball spaces, just keep an eye out because it's a, um, a, a, a new little shorty on the scene. Okay, come through the house of Miyaki Mugler. I love I them. Okay, watching. So my my gorgeous gorgeous girlfriend. Um, and for me, yeah, on Instagram, I have taken a very large step away from social media. So for the people that are listening to this that are familiar with me, I'm back on Instagram. Um, but other than that, uh, my website is back up. 
cxpresent.com. I am getting back into doing my motivational speaking and doing workshops and all that good jazz. Um, all I ask is that you don't call me an advocate or an activist because I'm just a guy who likes to talk to people about things I know a little bit about. Um, I don't like to put those titles on the thing, the work that I do anymore, just because it's less about, it's, I don't know. I feel like when you put the title on it, it stops being about the work. Mm. And like an advocate is just a person who speaks on behalf of people that are not able to speak for themselves. Yep. So in that fashion, yes, I do advocate on the behalf of people that are not able to speak for themselves. Um, but and, and activism, same thing. Um, you're not gonna catch me at a protest, but I will write an essay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's where you can find us. Otherwise, you can just find us, um, right here, right here in the house, and yeah. Cassidy Kilborn. About the same tradition. I love right. that. Um, we'll obviously link everything in the. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm pointing like people can see. Um. We'll link everything in the episode description. Um, and obviously we'll put everyone's ads on our Instagram or on our Twitter if you have Twitter. Obviously, if they want to be on the radar, that is. Um, but yeah, is there anything else you want to say, Smelly Kaz? No, I do not want to say anything, you little shithead. <laughs> okay, just checking, just checking. For those that um, don't know, this stupid idiot. <laughs> Oh. added a little note in our flipping contest of what I'm trying to read off and he's like that smells <laughs> I saw it in capital letters he's literally like the annoying little brother I never had well congratulations <laughs> amazing it's working so well for you both thank you thank you thank, you. thank y'all for having me I don't know this about that cool. but thank you <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, obviously, if you've listened along, we should have said this at the start, but obviously Kaz oh, forgot. Sake, man, I forgot to say. Um, use the hashtag. Yeah, use the we... hashtag. Tea Time Podcast UK. Um, if you're listening along, we'd love to hear from you at some point. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, if you if you listen along, use the hashtag. You should know by now. We shouldn't have to say it in the beginning, innit? Yeah. yeah. It's fine. But um, yeah, hit us up and next week we will be back with some more greatness. Absolutely. Yeah. Have a great Valentine's Day week. Yeah. Week. Ooh, I hope you had a good Let's one. call it love week. Let's call it love week. Have a great week. Uh, yeah, have a great, yeah. have a great love week. I hope you made some babies. Hopefully they're not Scorpios. And yeah, have a great or time. Babies. I hope you had sex and yeah. everybody came. <laughs>